G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, we'll talk about drugs today and the question that sometimes comes up, if hallucinogenic drugs are bad for people, why did God make them? Well, there's another important question that is important to ask. If God is a good God, why are there bad things in the world? You might think some of those questions get connected, and we'll talk about some of those questions today. In fact, we are going to have our talkback lines open. If you might like to uh, participate, our talkback line number is 1-800-316-316. You might have your own insights to uh, contribute. You might have a question to ask. And we are going to tackle this issue today from the perspective of, obviously, from our Christian biblical faith, but also from the perspective of creation. Uh, Creation Ministries International, just a wonderful organization that promotes creation, the history of Genesis. And, uh, of course, Don Batten is our guest. He received his PhD from the University of Sydney. He worked for 20 years as a research horticulturalist with the New South Wales Department of Agriculture. Why is that important? Because we're going to be talking about drugs that grow from the ground. And now, these days, Don Batten, of course, the CEO at Creation Ministries International. He's also co-author of numerous books, books that you might be familiar with, the Creation Answers book. One Blood, Answers to the Big Four Questions, 15 Reasons to Take Genesis as History, and he's author of various booklets including What About Carbon Dating and What Arguments for Evolution. Well, Don's also one of four rotating editors of Creation Magazine and joining us today to talk through what is perhaps a controversial issue. And a special welcome to you, Don Batten. Good Uh, to see you. Thanks, Sam. Good to be back. Don, let's talk about uh, the issues today, uh, because as a, a, a horticulturist with a PhD in this field, uh, and as the man who's leading, you're at the helm there, of uh, Creation Ministries, uh, issues to do with drugs and things that grow and bad things that happen on the face of the earth. Is this a sort of question that sometimes comes up in seminars? Oh, yes. Uh, bad things. Uh, why did God create bad things? That's the question that comes up frequently. And... Uh, it's actually one of the main objections that people give for not believing and not being a Christian is why are there bad things in the world if God is good? Uh, or why doesn't God something God do something about all the bad things in the world? That sort of that sort of questions of common objection to to actually believing. It's an interesting connection, isn't it? Because uh, it doesn't matter who you talk to, people will have their opinion about drugs. Uh, drugs are bad. I mean, you know, the most common talked about a drug that grows from a plant, of course, might be marijuana. People will talk about that, and, and for them, it's sometimes it's an issue within their own family environment. It's their neighbours, it's their friends, it's their work colleagues, and, and they have questions about the presence of marijuana and a mind-altering substance that grows from the earth. Is this part of what God had in mind when he, in the original creation? 
Um, yeah, well, uh, of course, the Bible has um, uh, wine is mentioned often, and uh, wine is the mind-altering drug as well, uh, or, or alcohol. So uh, and these things, of course, um, uh, there's all sorts of chemicals in things, and there's, the Bible actually mentions about herbs being or plants being for healing of the nations. About the, and we find that a lot of our beneficial drugs that we've got have actually come from plants, uh, even, even something as simple as aspro or aspirin. Uh, originally was a, a herbal remedy and they discovered the active ingredient in it and then synthesized it and now it's in a pill. You don't have to go out and get the plant. Uh, so many, many of the uh, beneficial drugs we have that actually help us actually come from plants. And, and uh, so, in fact, it's interesting that one of the, one of the drugs in uh, cannabis or, or marijuana uh, is actually proving to be helpful in uh in in seizures in actually stopping seizures and especially uh uh people with uh, multiple sclerosis they get uh, muscle spasms and things and there's a fair bit of evidence now that but the interesting thing is that the the uh chemical that actually helps them is not the mind altering one so there's about 100 different cannabinoids that's the group of chemicals in uh plant can- cannabis and uh and not only the, the one that we know of the THC it's called for short is the mind main mind altering one, but there are other ones which are not mind altering, which are actually quite beneficial. What do you say, Don, uh, when you have someone perhaps in one of your seminars, uh, someone who's coming along and they're the ultimate skeptic, and they want to be able to raise this sort of issue, and uh, they want to talk about drugs, and they say, well, uh, well, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, uh, perhaps they were wandering through the garden, and there was all sorts of plants there, and one of those was a marijuana bush. Uh, what do you say to people who think that that uh, that these mind-altering drugs may have been there from the beginning, and that somehow or other uh, God thought it was a good thing? Well, the actual uh, raw plant cannabis—if um, you actually go out and grab a few leaves—it's not going to get you high. Uh, the the one that's used today has actually been bred to have, actually have a high level of the mind-altering substance. So uh, you know, the, there's cannabis grown. It's actually hemp is actually the old name for it. Cannabis is a genus. But um, hemp has grown as a very useful plant. It produces very useful fibre and all sorts of products that we use. Um, and a very good rope, for example, comes from the fibre from hemp, hemp plant, hemp rope. And uh, so it's a very, very, very useful plant and a very hardy plant. And uh, that it just has this particular chemical that has this uh, uh, high effect so, uh, but people have bred the plant to actually produce more of the chemicals, so you need less of the plant, and so you get high easier on, on less you know, less consumption of the plant. But the original uh, one in the Garden of Eden, uh, it would be unlikely that Adam and Eve would have got high by eating a few leaves. And well, who would eat leaves of the plant anyway? I mean, it's sort of like you know, there's lots of lovely fruit and uh, lovely things to eat. Things like lychees, things I've done research on. Uh, all sorts of lovely, delicious fruit. Who would stick stick sort of leaves in their mouth, and especially prickly leaves? They're not prickly, but they got uh, yeah, they're not like lettuce leaves. So um, it would be a weird thing to do. <laughs> yes. Look, this connects, doesn't it, to a lot of the things that you would talk about uh, when it comes to creation, and especially creation versus evolution, because uh, when you talk about hemp. And then uh, other uh, plant uh, 
uh, derivatives, not a derivative, I'm not sure whether that's the right word, but, uh, but you know, as the breeding happens yeah. and people say, isn't that a form of evolution? I thought Don Batten was all into creation <laughs> and that things don't change like that. But, but how, do you, how do you discuss the way that, that uh, the breeding of plants changes things and yet that's not necessarily evolution itself? Yeah, well, you can, evolution, of course, is a belief that some, a microbe made itself and changed into all the living things on Earth. And uh, so from microbes to mangoes to, to, to uh, microbiologists, everything came from microbes by this process called evolution, which is quite fantastical when you think about it, that a microbe changed into a microbiologist, for which, where's the evidence? Now, in breeding, of course, if, if you breed a hemp plant, what do you have at the end? You've got a hemp plant. You've got a hemp plant with a bit more THC or a bit more of that or a bit more fibre, or but you've got a hemp plant, and that's what breeding does. It doesn't change a hemp plant into a mango tree which is what evolution would require uh, for it to be some sort of evolution. So, um, so breeding of things actually is problem, a problem for evolution because plant breeding and animal breeding shows there's limits to breeding. You can get so far and you can't go any further. For example, with uh, sugar beet, uh, people bred sugar beet to produce sugar in competition with cane sugar because they didn't want to eat bio sugar or the sugar from tropical countries. Uh, but they found that after many decades of breeding, they got to a limit. I think it was about 13% sugar. They could go no further. Basically, they'd exhausted all the genetic information in all the different varieties of uh, sugar beet, and, and they had as much sugar as you could possibly get, and you couldn't get any more. So that's it. You can go so far, no further. So that's a problem for evolution because evolution says, no, you can just keep on going and going and going and change something into something else. Uh, this is something similar, I imagine, when you start to talk about animals and uh, to use dogs as an example, you know, Chihuahuas and Great Danes. I mean, people are breeding all sorts of uh, dogs, but weird a dog, dog is still dogs. a dog. Yeah, weird dogs. Weird but, dogs. <laughs> yeah, but it works as something similar, doesn't it? It's the same thing. There's a limit to how far you can go. You can breed dogs and breed dogs and breed dogs and get dogs. It's really interesting. The British Museum of Natural History, a big sign up there says, Darwin said breeding of dogs shows evolution. I think, well, you know, I've seen lots of breeding of dogs. I haven't, they're still dogs. Uh, weird dogs, defective dogs. A lot, of the, a lot of the breeding we do makes defective dogs compared to the wild, the wolf they came from originally. Um, so, yeah, there's a limit to how far you can go. And uh, you can get a Great Dane, a Chihuahua, a huge range of sizes, but they're still dogs. My wife's a vet, by the way, and she tells me you could breed these together a bit of, with a bit of help. <laughs> okay. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020. Good to have you along with us on 2020. Uh, we are talking today about mind-altering substances and the issues to do with creation. You can be part of our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Don Batten is with us from Creation Ministries. Uh, Don, when we talk about, and it's more specifically this issue, marijuana, uh, people wondering about the uh, relevance of uh, of a Christian perspective on marijuana, but with uh, medicinal marijuana that's come onto the market uh, more recently, uh, many Christians support that because the cannabinols that come from the marijuana plant, in fact, do good things. Does this create some sort of confusion, do you think? Well, you think about uh, opiates, for example. I mean, people uh, can get addicted to opiates, but they're phenomenally effective pain treatment. So, uh, you know, it's a good, they're, they're a wonderful thing. I mean, people who have chronic pain, uh, really bad pain, this is the mo one of the most effective things there is to uh, treat bad pain. So, um, 
the fact that people abuse things, I mean, if you think about, uh, you know, a motor manufacturer makes motor cars and now somebody grabs a motor car and decides to mow down people on a bridge, is that the problem of the manufacturer? It's a it's a misuse of the car by the driver. It's the driver's at the fault, not the manufacturer. And so that things that have beneficial effects can be put to bad effect. I mean, say, I mean, alcohol's a good one. I mean, people can have a social drink and that's fine. But when people abuse it and get drunk and then beat their wife or whatever, that becomes a really, really, really bad thing socially. So um, all these things can have a a good effect and that can be abused. Uh, So there's an issue here, isn't there, with the sinful nature of humanity and the way that humanity might be drawn one way and wanting to rebel against the other. And there is a certain sense there in which that's something of the essence of the gospel. Exactly right. And so uh, with the gospel, I mean, Paul in the New Testament talks about we do the things we don't want to do, uh, but through the power of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can actually overcome our desire to do the wrong thing and do the right thing. We are taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Chris in Victoria. Hello, Chris. Welcome along. Uh, good day, Neil and Don. Yeah, um, Hi, I just want to. I'm not an expert, but I just want to say marijuana. I think has been known to cause like paranoia, and so would this medicine, medicinal um, marijuana also have those sort of effects later? Even <laughs> even if it's good, will it have those paranoia effects on people? And also. Most people take these mind-altering, like opiates, mainly they try to say, oh, we want to try and reach God through it. So, but for like Christians, we know the only way you can reach God is through having his mind, and the only way you can have his mind is to read his word. So, you know. Mm. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about some of those uh, issues. Did you catch that, Don? Yeah, I did. We're all aware that your phone just went off, and <laughs> I hope you heard Chris's, uh, you heard Chris's uh, comment there. I did, I did. Just, I'll just kill this. <laughs> That's oh, embarrassing, isn't it? That is embarrassing. It's, it's, when I get up and speak somewhere and your, sort of, your phone goes off, that's even worse. Um, but then there's probably more people listening now. Then. <laughs> oh, Chris, yes. Um, uh, the, uh, there are medicinal benefits being discovered with cannabis, but uh, there are about 100 different cannabinoids. Cannabinoids, that's the chemicals in, uh, in marijuana in this group of chemicals, and... Um, THC is the one known to cause uh, the hallucinogenic and, and uh, mind-altering effects. Other ones, uh, for example, there's one called the cannabidiol, CBD for short. Uh, they're do it using that to treat epilepsy, and uh, it's not mind-altering. So there's some of the cannabinoids are mind-altering, and there's a lot of them aren't. And it's quite possible that the beneficial effects of the cannabis are actually in the ones that don't cause the mind altering. Um, so you could have the good effect without the bad effect. And, and you're right that there's strong evidence now that uh, cannabis, the marijuana, uh, actually causes schizophrenia. Now, it's been debatable for a long time, but the latest report from the National... Um, uh, the, uh, sorry, the um, National Academy of Health in the United States... Uh, issued a big report in January, his report. They had dozens and dozens of experts and reviewers and people and they'd reviewed all the literature and all the work and all the research that had been done and they, one of the conclusions, strong conclusions they came to that consumption of cannabis does cause schizophrenia. 
So it's not just people are prone to schizophrenia or sort of gravitate to smoking or taking marijuana, but rather it causes schizophrenia. In fact, I heard a, a statistic of recent times that there are in fact hundreds of thousands of Australians who are registered or perhaps uh, through uh, their uh, medical appointments as having an addiction to marijuana. Uh, that's quite a significant thing that, uh, that it is very addictive in that way and uh, people need to approach it in the same way as they would any other drug uh, that would, would be uh, available uh, to them. Yes, I think it's psychological dependence more than a physical dependence. So whereas with opiates, for example, you get a physical dependence and so when you go off them, uh, you have all sorts of physical effects uh, as well as the psychological effects, whereas with marijuana, it's more the psychological effects. Thank you so much to Chris from Victoria for your insight today. And let's take a call from Penny in Tasmania. Hello, Penny. Welcome along. Hello, Neil. Hello, Don. Hello, Penny. Good to hear Um, from you, Penny. A bit different because um, I'm on a um, morphine patch and it's a 25, so that's fairly high up. I found it's very addictive. I've tried to get off it and it's very difficult. Um, mind changing? Yes, it is. Very much so. Um, Unless you bring it under control, it can go way out. Um, what is? What can you tell me about it? And what can, what advice can you give me about it? Kenny, I think we should say that Don's not a medical doctor in that sense, uh, but no. uh, expert when it comes to agricultural science, and so uh, the connection here to do with uh, creation today. But uh, any thoughts for Penny at all, Don? Um, well, Penny, uh, I'm sorry you have to be on this uh, strong morphine patch. Uh, that means you must have some serious pain problems, and that's that's not good. Um, but um, the if you need the help, you need the help, you know, and uh, it's good that this is available to help you through the pain. Um, and you've tried to get off it and you find that you, your pain level goes up, obviously. So yeah, I'm not a medical doctor, so I would take the advice of your doctors, you know, in terms of they're trying to help you uh, deal with the pain. So uh, I would follow their advice and uh, um, and I wouldn't be feeling guilty about uh, having the treatment they're recommending to you. Thank you to Penny from Tasmania. Let's hear from Val in Mackay. Hello, Val. Welcome along. Hello. Val, what are your thoughts on our conversation today? Need to be fairly quick. As I understand it, the earth was a very different place after the flood. And for instance, the Bible indicates the animals were not carnivores um, before the flood, but they were afterwards. Now, I've heard that the wine that Noah made and got drunk on it wouldn't have turned into wine in the atmosphere and the pressure uh, on the earth before the flood. But because things changed radically, that that grape juice turned into wine. Um, well, let's wind that back a bit. Um, you, you're sort of on the right track, but things did change, but not at the flood, at the fall. And uh, when Adam rebelled against God, Adam and Eve rebelled against God, and uh, death came into the world, and Genesis chapter 3 says that by the sweat of their brow they'd eat food, the thorns and thistles would grow, there were physical physical 
biological changes to the earth at that time. That's when the changes occurred, not at the time of the flood. And so, um, and yeast, of course, is uh, present. It's a natural thing, uh, and it it's got a natural role in uh, in uh, decay and breakdown of things and so on, which is necessary to recycle things and all sort of stuff. Um, and of course, we use yeast in making bread, and uh, and all sorts of things like. So, yeast is a very beneficial thing. So, the fact that it was can be made to use make uh, to use to, to use make wine or beer and all that sort of stuff needs a bit of craftiness, a bit of sort of fiddling. Um, so, the, the big change occurred at the time of the fall rather than the time of the flood. Uh, Don, when we talk about things like good things and bad things, and uh, did God create the bad things? Did He know He was creating bad things? A lot of people are looking for an excuse not to believe in God, not to acknowledge God as creator. How do you address those sorts of things when you recognize? And I imagine it's like a discernment thing. When people raise questions, you sort of discern that somehow or other someone's been sidelined by a doubtful type question and they've picked up something so that they don't have to believe in God. Yes, David Attenborough is one that's... uh put out this thing that he reckoned this uh, worm in Africa had had to burrow into a child's eye to complete its life cycle, and why would God create something like that? Well, if that was the case, that would be a question, but he was actually quite wrong about that. The worm doesn't have to burrow into the child's eye to complete its life cycle at all. Uh, so he's technically wrong about it, but he's right. There is a worm that does, <coughs> excuse me, that does that and uh, does cause blindness, uh, river blindness in Africa, and it's a terrible thing. And so did God create that thing to do that? Well, no, we we live in a world now which has fallen, and the Bible's perspective is that everything was very good in the beginning. When God finished creating everything on the end of the creation week, he said it was all very good. And uh, we think about the Garden of Eden, paradise, it's all wonderful, there's no death, no suffering, no disease, and so on. And uh, we see these things as an intruder in God's good world. And so when we look at the the, the bad things in the world, they're a consequence of sin. And we say, we say, when we look at the bad things, we should say, wow, how bad is sin? You know, But God has done something about that. And we, Jesus came to actually deal with the sin problem. And in fact, the Bible says the whole creation is going to be redeemed in the future. So there'll be new, no more suffering, no more sickness, no more death, and so on in the new heavens and new earth. And uh, so the wonderful thing is, of course, through Jesus, that we can be part of that. So the person who makes this objection is actually missing out on the possibility of them being part of the new heavens and new earth where these things don't exist. Well, there's an awful lot of bad things in this world. And, you know, as you talk about David Attenborough and the worm that burrows into the eye of a child, uh, what about the issue of perhaps what people say is the most deadly animal on the face of the earth? And, of course, uh, you say, which one is that? Is it the lion or is it the tiger or is it the crocodile? Well, uh, the mosquito is blamed for more deaths because it carries malaria. If we're talking about bad things like malaria carrying mosquitoes, uh, how do you explain that in relation to the sorts of things you've begun to talk about? But, you know, God is creator and there's something there that uh, through a mosquito, in fact, is killing people. Yeah. This is right. And there's a chapter in the, our Answers book, Creation Answers book, chapter 6, How Do Bad Things Come About? And uh, it's on the website, creation.com. You can go there and actually read this for free. 
Um, and it's a chapter about this whole thing, about the origin of bad things in the world. Did God create malaria? Did God create mosquitoes? And uh, what, could they have another purpose? And all those sorts of questions. I mean, anyway, look at lots of these sorts of things. Some of them we can have a look at and say, for example, the thing that causes um, uh, leprosy, for example, the uh, microbe that causes leprosy, when it's looked at at a scientific level and looked at the genes in its uh, genome, we find it's a cut-down version of a normal uh, bug that doesn't cause leprosy. So it's actually a degenerate version of a wild form that actually doesn't cause disease. And again and again and again, with a lot of the uh, bacteria that cause disease, we're finding they are degenerate versions of ones that don't cause disease. Staphylococcus, for example, well-known causes uh, uh, infections in hospitals, kills people. But there's a staphylococcus that lives on the back of our tongue, and it actually produces nitrite, which is actually necessary for our bodies to function. Now, if we don't have enough of that from our coming in, in our saliva, into our gut, our bodies actually create the nitrite. It's actually used in cell signaling and things in our body. So this microbe is a staphylococcus, not the one that causes the pus and the problems in the hospital, but a very similar one, but it actually is beneficial. So here we've got you know, one that causes disease, one that's actually beneficial, and this is often the case. And so you find that, in fact, that the one that causes disease is a degenerate version of the one that actually is beneficial. And is there a sense in which the complexity of these things, as you're describing the way that some things that look simple are actually more complex when you understand them more deeply, that the complexity is actually an argument for the creation, not an argument against? Well, indeed. In fact, uh, where did the, uh, the uh, plasmodium come from that causes malaria? I mean, it couldn't have made itself. Uh, it could not have evolved from you know, some, something else that was very different to it. So uh, it could be a degenerate version of something, but it can't, be, uh, can't make itself from the ground up. It can't build up complexity by some natural process. They claim that mutations create all this new information to make something into something else. But mutations are random accidental changes to existing information in the DNA, and so they tend to actually scramble the information, which causes degenerate versions of things, but it doesn't actually build them up to make them into something far more complex, which is what evolution requires. And so this actually, the, the complexity in living things speaks of a creator, uh, and a, a super intelligent creator far above our, our, our ability. We are taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Christopher in Kalgoorlie in WA. Hello, Christopher. Welcome along. Christopher, are you with us? Christopher, you might like to call us back. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Bacteria, good bacteria, bad bacteria. I mean, I imagine that some things that we've thought about as being bad bacteria have, in fact, in fact uh, had some uh, very good uses as, as uh, intelligence continues to grow. Uh, indeed so. In fact, we, it's said that we have more bacteria in us and on us than we have of our own cells. That's a, a sobering thought. People think they're clean in the sense of being, you know, pressed and, uh, without bacteria, but we actually have more bacteria in us and on us than we have of our own cells because they're much smaller than our cells, you see. Um, but see, things for if you have an antibiotic, you end up with diarrhea. Why is that? Because you kill off the beneficial bacteria in your gut. And so you take some yogurt, and yogurt reestablishes some beneficial bacteria in your gut so you get back to normal routine with your with your ablutions. So uh, 
the bacteria in us are actually beneficial. And more and more and more, we're finding that beneficial bacteria in our in our mouth, for example, protects us from tooth decay. Tooth decay. It's the other bacteria that cause tooth decay, but they have to enough of the beneficial ones, and you don't have tooth decay. So the idea. I don't use mouthwash, right? Mouthwash kills bacteria in your mouth. Now there are bacteria that cause bad breath, and you can get rid of those by just keeping your mouth, uh, you know, moist. You can do that by drinking water. Uh, we're in the business here of talking. Yep. You get bad breath because your mouth is open and it dries out. You get bad breath. It's not, and you can get rid of that just by drinking or chewing gum or something like that to lubricate your mouth, get the, get the saliva running. But I don't use mouthwash because mouthwash kills the good bacteria as well as the bad bacteria. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Don Batten is our guest. He's the CEO of Creation Ministries, talking through some significant and controversial topics today. Hallucinogenic drugs. Uh, how is a good God allowing hallucinogenic drugs that we might classify as being bad? Uh, how does that come about? Well, we're talking through some issues. Our talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 uh, Before we go another step further, why don't we take a call from, is it uh, Jane in New South Wales? Is it Jane or Jania? Jania. Oh, Jania. Welcome along, Jania. What are your thoughts? Basically, um, I uh, had a, a, an earlier life a long time ago where I took uh, a whole heap of hallucinogenic drugs, basically chemicals. Um, I kind of would have liked to have taken Magic Mushy because I kind of liked the effect of uh, keeping in control with something that makes you so out of control. Well, that was another lifetime. That was the end of that. Um, then I've been a pot smoker until about 12 years ago for 25 years. So in those days, pot was mainly bush. And uh, it was very good for relaxing. Um, I was by no means a pothead. I relaxed. I got housework done, brought a child up, um, worked, uh, worked and um, spent time with many professionals that chose to have a joint in the evening instead of alcohol. Uh, children, all, all our children grew up with us smoking pot and things like that until one day God says to me, I want you to stop smoking pot now. Very clearly, and I said, wow, why? Because like, it's good and I like it and it's natural. <laughs> and he said, because spiritually it opens doors to your child um, for the enemy. And um, because my son had turned uh, away uh, momentarily, let's hope, um, <laughs> I believe he's coming back um, from the Lord. He was brought up in a Christian family, single-parent family. Um, I listened to God and I immediately stopped after 25 years, just got rid of everything, all the paraphernalia and stopped. So my question is, we know now that medicinally, if they um, process the THC and the other um, medicinal qualities um, properly, it is good for pain relief. It does help people with um, Tourette's or um, uh, Parkinson's, you know, and excuse me for my ignorance on the exact 
of different diseases, those, those things have been proven. So it's a really fine line. Now, I get back pains and that would be just perfect. But I just know, <laughs> I just know the Lord's saying to me, I don't care what excuse, you're not <laughs> going back, back to yeah. it because I'm thinking, whoopee, this is cool, medicinal. I got back pain. I can smoke again. We're not even taking into consideration the chemical ramifications of hydroponic pot. We're talking, I'm talking about bush marijuana from the old days. Janaya, great insights that you're bringing here and your personal story is is wonderful. And uh, and interesting when I've got a a man of science uh, in the studio with me now, Don Batten. But you're not just a man of science because you're a spiritual man. You're a believer in God. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. This sort of spiritual dimension that comes with drugs. I wonder whether there's a creation perspective and uh, in response to Janaea and, and the description that she's given. Uh, your thoughts on, on this spiritual dimension that people are exposed to when they're on to mind-altering type substances? Uh, you raise a very significant thing, actually. And uh, in terms of you think about witchcraft and so on, drugs and things are very much part and parcel of that sort of uh, uh, element of life. And uh, so, Janaea, um I think, yes... When you take mind-altering drugs, you do open yourself up to the demonic because you are uh, closing your mind off from rational thought. Um, and I think you're onto something. What you say is exactly right. I think it does open up people to uh, things which are not good, uh, other than the uh, mind-altering side of things. Um, but yeah, the, the National Academy, National Academic Academic Press in the U.S. publishes huge study back in January. Uh, which reviewed all the literature on the beneficial, supposed beneficial effects of cannabis. And uh, it's a very, very uh, objective report. And they came down with whether there's strong evidence or some evidence or no evidence and so on for different claims. And it's interesting, there's only a, f- a handful of ones where there's strong evidence that, the, that marijuana does help. And pain, chronic pain is one. Another is um, the uh, multiple sclerosis uh, spasms, muscle spasms. Uh, that's strong evidence that helps with that. But again, which of the cannabinoids is it? Is it the THC which causes the uh, hallucinogenic effects and the mind-altering effect? Or is it the um, uh, other cannabinoids, some of which are not uh, mind-altering at all? They just have the beneficial effect. So there's a lot of research to be done to figure this out. Um, Ezekiel chapter 47 talks about the leaves of the plants being for healing. And as I said earlier, uh, many of the drugs, beneficial drugs we have, even things like aspirin, come from plants and uh, uh, people have, and opiates you know, helping people with really severe pain. Uh, Janaea, thank you so much for your insight here today on 2020. And thanks so much for sharing your testimony too and hearing the voice of God and you gave up uh, t- uh, partaking in uh, marijuana, and uh, you know, thank you and uh, honour you for sharing that. And uh, and that is a right position that uh, that I would say is yes, it is wrong to uh, to smoke marijuana. Uh, that's uh, I guess from the Christian perspective, uh, you would uh, probably agree with me, Don. Well, I, w- I would agree, um, but uh, but I just say too that um, you know, praying for your son that he comes back, you know, because uh, uh, that's a mother's heartache is to see a son wandering away from the Lord. So. Uh, our hearts with you in that. Don, let's move to something that I think is very important. The idea that there are these mind-altering substances, 
that there are hallucinogenic drugs. Uh, there are all sorts of good and bad things that are on the face of the earth. Uh, let's uh, just let me ask you uh, if God was taken by surprise by all of that, because, you know, if God created a good uh, heaven and earth uh, and all things were good, uh, then all of a sudden all of these start, these things uh, come into being these bad side of things. People discover that there is a bad side. Uh, God taken by surprise by some of that, do you think? Uh, again, just mention the uh, chapter 6 in the Answers book on, on creation.com. You can look it up and read more detail. But no, God wasn't caught by surprise. Uh, God has an eternal plan and... Uh, and his purpose, he knew what would happen. And so we talk about the possibility of God pre, pre, uh, pre-designing pre things for the post-fall world. In other words, so the, what we call it defense and attack structures and things like this we see in many creatures and things uh, were necessary in a post-fall world. And they were pre-designed, if you like, before the fall, didn't operate before the fall, but come into play uh, after the fall. It's interesting you find... Um, for example, carnivory, it's interesting that many creatures, uh, the classic one is the um, piranha in the Amazon River. Uh, it's a classic thing of Walt Disney cartoons. You fall in the river and you get gobbled up by a piran- mm. bunch of piranhas, but they're not. it's not quite like that. But nevertheless, there is a, there is a piranha that, that it's a ferocious uh, carnivore. But, you know, there's an almost identical-looking piranha which is vegetarian. And many creatures we find this as the vulture. You know, everyone has heard of the vulture that gets on the carcasses and things and eats up the, the, the carrion. But there's a palm nut vulture that doesn't do that. It eats palm nuts. And it's very similar. So obviously these things are cousins. They derive from the original created kind. One has taken a route towards carnivory and, and, uh, and, and yucky stuff. And the other one's taken a route, vegetarian route. Uh, so th- this gives you an indication of where changes after the fall could have been just natural changes in the in a world where, a world where God has withdrawn some of His sustaining power. Things are falling apart. Uh, we could get into a whole lot of uh, controversial things too, perhaps uh, that people might like to argue about. But uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a plant that. Adam and Eve were told to not partake of, and they did, and there was a big issue with that. Uh, any quick response on that? Because we've got to tie things together. Yeah, uh, so they were just given a test, basically. Are you going to do what I do? What I want? Are you going to obey me? Are you going to honour me in what you do, or are you going to do your own thing? And this was just a test, um, and uh, they failed the test. Okay, we are going to draw some things together. If people go to the creation.com website, uh, what sort of resources can you find there that might deal with some of these issues when it comes to uh, hallucinogenic drugs and a Christian creationist view? Well, there is one article there just recently published about that, and uh, so you can just you can just uh, search cannabis and you'll find it uh, in the search window. Uh, but in terms of general bad things, there's actually a whole section on that, all sorts of uh, issues that people have raised and uh, there's dealt with. There's a chapter in the Answers book which uh, gives you an overview of it, but there's even a Q&A page with dozens and dozens of articles about different aspects of bad things in the world today. And, Don, just to say too, as I understand it, there's as many as 10,000 uh, easily searchable, accessible articles about all sorts of elements of the creation versus evolution debate and uh, you've provided a tremendous resource there for people to be able to access uh, you find that uh, a lot a lot of hits on the website when it comes to people who are accessing that uh, uh, that detail yeah many and 
In fact, the top article is who created God, you know? Okay. The top article, number one article access is <laughs> who created God, would you believe? <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, there's one that you might be able to search out. Go to creation.com. Don Batten, always good getting your insights. Thank you so much for taking some time to drop in today here on 2020. Thanks, Neil. My pleasure. Great to be with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.